All right, how's it going, everybody? My name is Connor Gilson. I am the president of CG Consulting, and I'm actually doing this podcast a little early. It's 2.20 as opposed to the last couple podcasts I've been doing at 3 or 4 in the morning. But it's the end of my day. I actually just finished working about 10 minutes ago. Got home um, and really kind of a slower day, but definitely did work a lot of the day. Um, Not as much progress as I wanted, but hey, that's what happens. So episode seven, episode seven. I've been doing this for a full week now. Um, This is actually kind of with a heavy heart too, because this is going to be the last part in this this series that I was doing as far as the, uh, you know, about mindset and things like that. Um, I already figured out what I'm going to be doing for my next segment and part breakdown. Um, and if you tune in till the end, then, uh, you'll find out. I'm not going to spoil it now. Come on. It's too, it's too easy. It's no fun. Um, but let's get started. So once again, we've been really talking about a lot about the mindset, how, um, as a kind of a recap, how our mindset is like the operating system of ourselves, how we can identify where our beliefs have come from, whether they're very, very young versions of us at like three or five years old, um, whether they're, they're distorted views that other people have given us, whether it's distorted views that we've accepted ourselves. Um, we talked about how to uproot those, how to start installing new beliefs, how to cement those, um, and then things like blame and comparing as we talked about last night and how damaging they are to us. So last module, here we go. Um, Really right now at this point, it's time to question everything. Um, Obviously, you're not going to be able to go through this whole process in five days like the podcast broke down. It's going to take a lot of time. And as I've said before, I do recommend listening to these podcasts. Um, especially this string of them so far um, and really gain as much information as possible and just kind of keep listening to it, keep applying things, keep changing things. Like I said, if you change five core beliefs uh, about you in a year, you'll see massive results. And this isn't no smoke and mirrors or like me just saying this because that's what people say in these type of things. But if you honestly change five things in your life, you're really going to see crazy, crazy results. Um, I know I did when I first started learning this method and started thinking about things this way. Um, A big part of my personality now, a big part of my foundation, my morals, things like that. There are still beliefs that I have. There are still beliefs that I have since I was a little kid and they are okay. They're okay to be there, but I've gotten rid of a lot of ones that I've had when I was a kid. Um, But With this module, we're really going to be talking about really questioning everything. Um, Once you get to this point on your journey, when you're going through this and actually applying it, and like I said, it's going to take longer than five days. Um, There are some points where I had a couple nights ago about how to start working on things and things like that. Once you've gotten, you know, your core five down and you're really applying them and things like that, then it's really time to question everything. And what I mean by that is... You need to evaluate every little aspect eventually. Um, And when you question everything, it's not like you were doing um, before where you're reconstructing everything or finding the points, things like that. But just kind of getting in the habit of questioning everything. You don't have to change something right then when you're doing the questioning part. 
Um, that's what the five points are where you're going to be working on them. You want to keep your focus on those, but you want to question everything. You want to make sure that your mind's not locking back in autopilot, whether it's going to the past or the future. You want to make sure it's not taking in bad negative beliefs on autopilot because you have all this progress that you're doing, but you need to question things. And it's going to be hard because your mind doesn't really want you to look inside because this means risking that you will become aware of some of your protective programs that we have. Um, things that protect us from harm, things that protect us from bad experiences we've had in our past, which, like I've said before with those, they could, have ser- they could be good now. They could, have, they could have been important then, and they could be important now, but a lot of them you'll find were important then to help you through something and are not so beneficial for you now. And your mind will do literally anything it possibly can to preserve the imaginary picture as created of who you are. There's a Chinese proverb that says, do not fear going slowly, only fear standing still. Progress is progress. Whether you can, and there's certain progresses that you can rocket through and learn. And as you get better with controlling your mind and thinking clearly and analyzing yourself and things like that, you'll be able to go through certain parts of these processes with very fast, very very large amounts of speed or very fast bursts. But a lot of it's going to be slowly, especially when you're first starting to do this. So don't feel bad if you're going slower. If you've got a buddy that's helping you do this and they're doing it too, don't fear that you're going slower than them. Don't hurt, don't hurt them by making fun of them if they're going slower than you. Progress is progress. If you're moving forward, that's all I'm going to ask of you. If you're moving forward and you feel you can be moving forward more, then that's a beneficial thing and you should try to impl- implicate or implement um, moving a little bit faster. But if you're moving slow and it's difficult and it's hard, which it is very much so for all of us, including myself when I first started doing this, that's okay. It's all right. It's perfectly fine. But in order to grow into the potential that is unique you, There comes a time when you need to surrender to your intuition and follow it wherever it really takes you. Sometimes it'll lead you down bad paths, but most of the time it'll lead you down very good paths. Um, I had a very traumatic experience in my life. Um, I lost somebody I was very, very close to because of suicide. And I knew that in that moment when they were talking to me, which no one would really think that much power as far as what they said. Um, What they basically said is that I had treated them like nobody else in their life has. But, and then they said, but I can't do this anymore. And there's a lot of things going on. So I thought that it was, you know, being bullied. I thought it was, she was just under a lot of stress. Um, But I knew something was wrong. I knew something was wrong deep inside me, deep to my bone, intuition, and I didn't really know what it was because of how young I was, and that's what taught me to trust my intuition and my core and my, uh, when I got a gut feeling, it meant something, Um, but, and I was lucky in that case. Very hard traumatic experience, but kind of lucky in the outcome of it taught me at a very young age to trust myself when it comes to things like that. So you got to follow your intuition because in many times it's going to be there to protect you. As long as it's not stuck on 
beliefs that protected you against something in the past that may not be good for you now, you, in most cases, it's still going to lead you pretty much down the best path. And that can be very scary because most people have been programmed to do the opposite, right? To follow the herd, to follow other people, follow um, the majority, social um, cues their entire lives. They've been taught that the most stable and secure way in life is to simply do what everyone, what everyone else is doing. However, the fact of the matter is that if you're just following the herd, you will in most cases just give, it will just give you kind of an average result, an average quality of life. And honestly, if I'm being blunt and not sugarcoating things, that's if you're pretty stinking lucky. When we copy other people, we don't usually copy them exactly. So when we're trying to copy society and try to be average and go with the flow, that's why a lot of people end up you know, being broke or poor or not successful in the ways that they wanted to be, whether it's relationships or things like that. Because if you're looking at the majority and following the majority, you have way too many opinions and ideas and beliefs going on. Way too many, like hundreds of thousands. And that's not going to ever help you move forward in any way at all. But if you find the people that are true and tested, like I've said before, that if you find the people that are tested and vetted, that know what they're talking about in a certain area and follow them and latch to them, then you'll be doing a lot better. Leonardo da Vinci said, the greater danger for most of us lies not in setting our aim too high and falling short, but in setting our aim too low and achieving our mark. Now, you may have heard that quote before, and there's other, there's other versions like um, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take, things like that. Um, you know, there's a lot of quotes that go around that, but I like that one because sometimes we set our aim way too low. We want to be, we want to be, um, what is the word? Reasonable or, um, or not like so far-fetched with our goals. But the reality is if we set our goal high and we come low, like say you wanted to make, you know, say you're just starting out and you want, you could say something and I don't mean like super crazy. I don't mean like, oh, I want to make a million dollars in a year. Okay, that, nope. I've heard people, I want to make, I want to make a million dollars by the time I'm 25. Hi, over here, I'm guilty of that one too. I always thought by the time I was 25 that I would have a million dollars. That was my goal. So you don't want to ever set them so incredibly high, especially if you don't have the knowledge of the way to get there. Um, but set your goals reasonably high. Think of something that you could that might just be out of your reach and then go a little bit higher than that. Because if you fail, say you want to make like, say you want to make, um, say you want to make $5,000 a month. If you set your goal there, I want to make $5,000 a month by the end of 2018, consistently $5,000 a month with my business. If you're just starting and obviously the goals are different for everyone. Um, if you think that's a reasonable goal, set it to six or seven because the odds are is if, you hit five, if you actually hit 5,000, your goal is 5,000, you're going to coast off. Um, or if you try really hard and you're not that motivated to hit five, you're going to go lower. But if you set your goal at seven or eight, then chances are you're going to be above five and you're going to make a lot better 
you're going to be a lot more excited. Sure, you might be a little disappointed um, with the result, but you're also happy of the fact that you, in most cases, surpassed that goal that you wanted anyways, and you kind of hit the middle. And sometimes, sometimes you will hit that goal or even go higher than that higher one that you thought. So it's all about pushing yourself. So my definition of living up to our potential is that we always strive to take the route that seems to be the best possible option at any given moment. So that's interesting because we don't, I hear this analogy of two pathways. There's this one pathway that's large and everybody's on it. And then there's this thin pathway to the 1% or whatever. Um, Unless you're driving somewhere like Nevada or like across like Arizona deserts or something like that. And unless you're there, most roads that you drive down, you will see a bunch of forks. It's, there's always forks and turns. Um, you can drive a couple miles and hit sometimes, you know, 50 to 100 roads, depending on what area you're in. So that's the interesting thing. That's why I said that. Um, thank God I wrote that down um, so I can reiterate it. Um, my definition of living up to my potential is that I always strive to take the route that seems the best possible option at any given moment. So that's interesting, right? Because sometimes we think we need to take one path. But if we're feeling that this path just isn't doing it for us, and I don't mean the lazy, oh, I want to shrink back and set another goal that's a little bit more attainable to me. I mean the type of like, hey, I thought this was going to work out. It's really not going the way I want or I'm not happy here. Here's another path I see branching off. Let's go up and do that. And a lot of the branches that we take in life, um, we stagger. Um, If you have a job and you want to get a Um, you want to start your own business. I don't always recommend that you just quit your job and start your business and hope everything goes well. That's not how entrepreneurship works. But if you start doing it alongside your business or alongside your normal job, and I mean focused on your business, I see too many people working in a retail store, working at another job, and then working on their company. And they give more focus to the retail job or the uh, the nine to five job, let's call it that, than their company. The company is the side thing, their side gig, their side hustle. I didn't want, I want people to stop using side crap. Like stop, oh, just call it your hustle. Be man or woman enough to say, this is my hustle. Not it's on a side hustle. You're immediately demoting that importance in your life by saying that. But it's very good idea to work nine to five and bootstrap your company and then do that. A lot of big companies have been formed like that. Um, I can think of quite a few. Mark Cuban did it. Um, I'm pretty sure Kevin O'Leary did as well. Those are two people from Shark Tank, if you're not familiar. Mark Cuban owns the Davis Mavericks. Um, Kevin O'Leary is a freaking multimillionaire. Um, But yeah, bootstrapping. But you need to focus on that company. If you're exhausted all the time after work, you need to keep pushing yourself with your company. You got to. That's what you got to do. That should be your focus. That should be, hey, this is what I'm going to do so I can get out of this. Don't, don't let your business make you hate your other job, though. But if you're starting to not be happy in your job, start planning your exit strategy. Plan it out. 
So if you do that, if you find the best possible option at any given moment and you take it, um, it's going to bring you a level of joy and peace and happiness that you can never really imagine because it's going to allow you to earn a living doing what you love. So once you do transition fully over that, you're going to enjoy it a lot more. You're going to enjoy what you're doing so much more and you'll gain an incredible level of expertise within the given craft and because you have the momentum, you have the the excitement to do something like that. So if you follow your intuition, you're going to become more of an artist who puts their very being into what they're doing. Um, artists don't always have to be music, you know, um, art, uh, things like that. It doesn't have to be those three. It, or it can be so much more. Anything can be, you can be an artist in anything. Artist is what, the way I define artist, and it's probably not like accurate or correct by the dictionary's t- standards. An artist to me is an expert that is very good at what they do because their soul is involved. That's what my definition of an artist is. An expert that's very, very good at what they do because their soul is involved. And that's what happens when you're an artist. You put your very being, you put all this effort, you focus on it. And you'll continue to be really great at it because you love doing that. And you'll do it until you create the life that is that you think is a that you view as a proud representation of everything that you stand for. So let's talk about let's question dead habits. Dead habits are one of the most dangerous things to this. Dead habits are um, feeling easy, feeling that you things that just kind of numb us. Um, one of them is jobs that have stopped being interesting years ago and you're just sticking around and sticking with it because it's a lot more comfortable than going out and risking failure in the pursuit of what you really want to do. Like I said, I'm not saying jump out into your own business venture, but if you're working at a job for a long time and you're sticking there, usually it's going to be good paying. So start at least on your downtime. I'm trying so hard not to say side right now, um, but, uh, on your downtime, find ways to make money with your business or your company or your nonprofit or whatever really gets you excited or the book you're writing or the podcast you're doing, <laughs> things like that. Um, staying in a relationship, you see no future and simply because it's easier to do so. Oh, I want to stay in this relationship. We've been together for a very long time. Um, I don't want to go back out into dating, things like that. I will say, as far as my viewpoint goes, if you're married, then I have a very traditional, non-normal view of marriage, even though I did have to go through divorce, unfortunately, um, in the past uh, eight or nine months. Um, I view that if you say I do to somebody and you have those vows, unless there's some severe abuse or cheating then a marriage shouldn't end because that's your word that's my viewpoint that's my moral code that if you give your vow to somebody even if it's in business or something like that if you give your i i'm like that with plans if i give my word as far as me coming somewhere or me going somewhere with you 
I will not cancel it unless like my arm got chopped off or I just got rolled over. I got just rolled over on top of by a dump truck. Like that, that's, it's just how I am on anything. My word is gold. It is literally in stone, just pure gold. But if you're in a relationship and you guys aren't married or things like that, or even if it's a friendship and thinking that you should stay in it, that's another dead habit. Um, religious or spiritual practices that are no longer making sense to you, but you continue pursuing them because you fear the consequences of not doing so. Whether it's, you know, your friends and family just excommunicating you, whether it's, you know, you having to go find another religion, whether you're scared of like what happens when you step away and you have, you have no moral compass, um, things like that. If you have something in your life that you're just doing because it's supposed to be what you're doing, chances are, it's not benefiting you. And another thing, another thing that really helps with both entrepreneurship, working hard, um, building anything, uh, relationships, it pretty much covers everything. And there's only one person I know that kind of proves this otherwise. Um, and that's Gary Vaynerchuk. He works constantly. And, and for all of his 20s, I remember he did an interview recently and he's had a 23-year-old on the phone and she was complaining how she wasn't getting all her stuff done and that she wasn't seeing any progress. And he asked her what she did on the weekend. She's like, oh, I went to this business meeting. I did this and this and this. And then he's like, he's like, all right, at this point, you know, don't, don't BS me. I'm going to ask you a question. Just answer it truthfully. Did you have any point... At, during that weekend where you had downtime? And she said, yeah. And he's like, yeah, so you had more downtime in that weekend than I did in all of my 20s. And it's interesting, and I like that viewpoint. I'm not against that viewpoint. I found out, I figure that from what I've seen that most people can't do what Gary can do. The fact that he was able to do that sets him above everybody else. You can be successful and still take time for you. Some people can do it like Gary, but majority of us have to take time for us. So if you don't take time for yourself, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt you. Taking time for yourself is not bonus that you can only afford once or twice a year. It is an essential part of functioning fully. That's what it is. And you could see that in certain parts of Gary's life. He was working really hard, working really hard, and he let his health kind of get away from him. He's gotten on top of that now, but there were certain parts of his life that were suffering because we don't have a balance or compass when we're constantly working, not to mention we burn out. And yes, there is, there are, for workaholics, they can work and work and work and work all the hours of the day and not burn out, but it's doing damage to them. Like, I love that Gary can do that, but it's doing damage because if you are doing that much, if you are doing that much and you don't do anything else or take you time, that's damaging for, your, for you psycho psychologically. It is. There's no one else that can say that that is wrong. Yes, it works for Gary and that's awesome and I'm impressed and I respect him immensely for the fact that he's capable of doing that, but... For the average person, you time is very important. 
Because honestly, how much value are you offering your family when you let the frustration from your work affect them? How much love can you really give to others, your friends, your family, when you are in constant regret over not following your dreams? And how can you truly give advice to someone when you are ignoring all the advice you yourself are get, getting from within? And taking you time, if you listen to your body and your mind, it's there. It might be subtly in the back because you've suppressed it for so long, but it's there. And trust me, once you get to the point, like, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I, my average workday is 12 hours long. But a lot of the times I'm working 15 to 19 hours. Okay? So there are days where I take off. And it bothers me because I've come, become a workaholic now. It, it definitely has. Like, I played video games the other day for a couple weeks ago for the first time in a long, long time. And I was sitting there like, gotta go. I, I should be working right now. Like, <laughs> so you need to quiet that mind for a second. Because once you get into that habit of working constantly after like three weeks or so, and maybe it'll be longer for you, it'll be very easy for you to constantly work. But it will take a psychological toll. 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 Thank you. But a lot of the times we beat ourselves up. We, we don't show ourselves like self-respect or appreciation. A lot of people in our lives, whether it's in jokes or whether it's serious, a lot of it's serious, our friends, family members are going to nail, nail us with things that can hurt us, things to put us down and to weigh us down. And they push their insecurities. Projection, uh, projecting is a big thing where somebody projects their insecurities on other people. Um, by assuming that when somebody says something, that's what they mean because that's how their mind works. So what I want you to do, and I really want you to do this, okay? This isn't a joke. This isn't something you just listen to and forget 10 seconds ago. I want you, whenever you get time next, actually, if you're not driving your car, or actually, I did this in my car mirror today because I was like, I haven't done this in a while. I'm kind of a hypocrite if I haven't, I haven't done this and I'm telling people, because I was writing these notes out for the podcast earlier today. Um, I was like, it's kind of hypocritical if I don't do this. Um, and I did it. And I'll tell you my, my response in a second. But what I want you to do, especially if you're sitting at home listening to this right now, as soon as I'm done telling you what to do, I want you to go do it. So what you're going to do is stand in front of a mirror and you're going to look at yourself with complete appreciation and say, I love you. Thank you for everything that you do for me. I know that deep down you have nothing but the best intentions for me. And I appreciate everything you do, even when things don't go exactly as I had planned. I remember the first time I did this, and it was powerful, but I haven't done it in a while, like I said. And actually, I'm going to pause right here, right now, before you hear what I do, because I don't want to project what happened to me into you. Pause the podcast, get up, go and do it. If you're driving your car and you're listening to the podcast and you're not late to something, Pull over to the side of the road where it's safe. No highways, please. Don't enjoy that. And do it in one of your mirrors. It's better to do it in a full-length mirror or like your bathroom mirror or whatever, but your car mirror will do. 
You can always do this again, but that's why I'm going to pause right now. I want you to go do it. Well, welcome back. How was that? Pretty interesting, huh? So for me, doing it today, I looked in my mirror and um, I did it for the first time in probably a year and a half. And the amount of joy I got and how happy I felt and just felt released, I felt like it was amazing. I was, it was amazing to feel it again after me. I've, I've done this probably like four or five times throughout my life since I've learned this. Um, but it just feels good. Because sometimes we have people that want to tear us down and rip us apart constantly. But doing it, and even though it's you, because what you're doing is you're telling, your forward conscious is telling you as a human soul, a human being, that your goal-oriented, focused part of you appreciates that inner person that you are. And I've talked about this a few times. Society wants to shape us the way it wants to shape us, okay? Um, as far as males, we're taught not to be sensitive. We're taught not to cry. We're taught not to be able to handle everything. We're taught to um, control our feelings, control how we react to things. That's what society wants. It's interesting because a male versus a female, male has actually been proven to be more emotional than a female ha is. Females will tend, this is the study, this isn't my words, this is the study. Females will tend to add more drama and blow things out of proportion, but males are more purely emotional. But it's interesting because that's what society suppresses, right? Get down. Don't do that. Nope. Uh-uh. Be tough. Be dominant. Be aggressive. Things like that. And don't get me wrong. Being dominant and aggressive and focused and forward and thinking and goal-oriented and decisive is, is very, are very, very good qualities for a male. Very good qualities. I am many of those, and I live by cultivating those. So don't think that I think everybody should be this kind of like beta like wussy person i do not think that but then if we jump on the other side um as far as females we have the studies that have, or that society has taught them not to be themselves to wear a mask i mean goodness sake you you girls put makeup on your face to hide blemishes and things like that you guys put um hair extensions in your hair fake hair you got um, a lot of girls get like plastic surgery, um, your lips are painted colors to make you, um, to signal that you're more like fertile. Um, your personality is supposed to be like either super bubbly and flirtatious or like super reserved and powerful. Now it's the, the new one, the inner desires and wants, um, sexual appetites. Those are all suppressed because girls shouldn't be like that. Um, your goals, your focuses, your fantasies, your desires, all those are suppressed. Um, just uh, females get more suppression than males. Yes, males get a lot, but females get more suppression than that. But by talking to yourself in the mirror like that, you 
there's no need for that social shield or that that mask as I've as I've coined it um, the social mask there's no need for it because it's you talking to you it's two different it's two very different versions of you talking to each other um, you have your like I said your forward thinking your goals your ambitions things like that talking to the inner core the beautiful the beauty the part of you that has the inner vivid beauty and that's why it felt so good to do that see all the resistance that people give you as an expression of love and understand like that's that's what you gotta get you gotta understand that they are only resisting you because they fear that you I'm going to start this over because that was choppy as heck. And I want this point to be, this is one of the important points in this podcast episode. I want you to see that all the resistance that people give you, all the people, resistance that the, your loved ones give you, your friends, your close family, things like that. Unless it's a mentor who's actually teaching you how to grow yourself, this is what you got to focus on. Because the mentor is, is, is different. They have different think, thinking patterns and they, are, they see the big picture that they're trying to get you to, that you're trying to get to. But other people, your friends and family are going to show you resistance. They're going to knock down your goals, tell you you can't do something, tell you that's crazy, tell you that you should just get a nine to five job, tell you that you're materialistic, tell you that you're out of control, that you don't care about them, things like that. But see all that resistance as an expression of love and understand that they are only resisting because they fear that one day you might not love them as much if you change and improve. That's what they're scared of. That is what your loved ones, the people that are close to you, are scared of. And it was interesting because I've mentioned before how you should take a point and challenge it, right? So let me show you how I came to this realization. Um, when I first started learning business and even like years into it, I always got, there's those quotes out there that um, people want to see you, um, want to see you fail so that they feel better about themselves. They want to see you fail because they're insecure about themselves. They want to see you not change because you're at their level now. And if you change, you'll be above them. Um, there's the, uh, people want to manipulate you to keep you at their level or below them. Um, there's the saying that if people don't accept your change, just ditch them. That was a big belief for me for a while. But then I thought about it. I took time and said, maybe this isn't the right thinking. Maybe this aggressive, mean, manipulative viewpoint of, hey, you know what? If somebody doesn't like me changing, screw them. I'm better off. I'll go find friends that will support it. And this is the guy that came, like is a big fan of the saying that you should ditch one loser friend every couple years. Somebody that doesn't want to ever fight, like, ever fight or move forward. But in this case, a lot of the people that love you, that's it. That's what it is. And that's where I came to that thought because I resisted that viewpoint that I had already believed and I was a hard believer on it. Let me tell you, that was something that if you looked at my quotes back years ago, it was those things were everywhere in them. I loved them. 
But then I said, maybe this belief isn't right. Maybe this belief is hurting me. Maybe it's hurting the people close to me. Maybe if I don't do this with so much rage and hate, then I can get something better. So, one more time. See that all the resistance that people give you as an expression of love. And understand that they are only resisting because they fear you might not love them as much as if you change and improve. But here's the thing. We need to change and improve. We need to. That's what being an adult is. That's what growing is. And I don't even want to say that's what being an adult is. Because there are some kids that get this right and start improving themselves. It's not just about grades. It's not just about making mom and dad happy. It's about finding who they are and improving themselves. So I don't even want to say it's the adult thing to do. It's the thing that we need to do. And there's this beautiful Zen story. And it's about a lion who grew up among sheep. So there was this herd of sheep that found this lion when it was just a cub. And because they didn't know what type of animal it was, they decided to take care of it. However, as the lion grew up, the sheep started realizing he was a very different animal than they were. They could see that he was taller than the biggest ram that was in the field, and that his color was not of not of uh, was not of the clouds, but more of the yellow as the sun. So even though this lion had this broad, muscular jaw filled with these razor-sharp teeth, it learned to go along with the rest of the herd and live on a diet of grass. So because this lion had never known any other life than that of the sheep, it even bleated like a sheep. Bleated. Not bleated. Bled would be the proper word for that anyways. But bleated. Um, One day, a ferocious wild lion attacked the flock of sheep. And as it was trying to determine which sheep it wanted to see and wanted to eat, it suddenly noticed the other lion in the middle of the flock. At first, the wild lion became a little apprehensive and got ready to fight the other lion for the territory and the food. However, after a few seconds, the wild lion realized that the lion it was preparing to fight actually thought it was a sheep. The wild lion was flabbergasted, to say the least and he decided to drag the sheep lion down to the river. On the way there, the sheep lion whimpered and begged the wild lion to spare its life. When they finally got to the riverside, the wild wild lion forced the sheep lion to look at its reflection in the water. When the sheep lion saw that it resembled the wild beast that was going to kill him, it got scared and tried to back away from the water. The wild lion grabbed him and pushed him forward to see his reflection once again. When the sheep lion saw its reflection for the second time, the other lion looked at him with compassion and said, Don't run away from who you are. You may have grown up with a herd of sheep, but you always have been and always will be a magnificent lion. You are courageous, independent, and a lot more powerful than you can ever imagine. In that life-changing moment, the sheep lion realized its true power and he expressed his liberation by letting out the first roar of his life. Now, there's a lot of stories. There's a lot of points and 
interesting parts about this story. Um, that Zen story has actually a bunch of different facets to it that you can focus on in different points, but let's focus, let's be a little bit shallow on this one. I usually like to dig into things deeply, but let's go into the shallow. Um, let's just focus on what the surface story is. Okay. So you had this lion that, um, was raised by sheep, um, didn't know what it was and then was shown what it was. Something else had an, a interest in it and have showed value of showing to it what it was. And then we see it starting to realize Then it's seeing it planning by the fact that it roars out instead of bleeding like a sheep. And we see that. So that's what we need to focus on it because, and there's a lot of animal um, likenesses that there are. Uh, my, my favorite one, um, is rhino, uh, is a rhino from rhinoceros success. Uh, it's a book. Um, I actually have one, one, uh, student pro bono, I guess pro bono technically, um, that is actually, well, supposed to be reading that book, but I assume that's not actually happening right now. Anyways, um, but I love that analogy. But one of the more common ones is a lion. That's the common um, metaphor for entrepreneurs. And so in this case, that's what it was kind of too. And they being re raised by the herd of sheep is what society does to us. We're taught to be meek. We're taught to be uh, calm, listen to um, the way things are supposed to be, not challenge or question anything. We're supposed to fall in line. We're supposed to be part of a herd. But when we're a lion, we can't be part of a herd. Yeah, we can help other things. We can help other people and things like that. But you can't be part of a herd as a lion. There's prides. Prides are very different than herds. Herds, there aren't really, besides the rams, there aren't really any ranks. Lions are very, very, very locked into ranks and very, very territorial and very, very proud, beautiful powerful animals so they do have prides where they live together but it's not like hey you and you and you are all pretty much on the same level there is a very distinct rank so with this thinking pattern with this mindset and stuff like that if you can apply this and you can learn from this and you're still listening to this webinar or oh my god i need to go to bed webinar I'm so used to doing webinars jeez um podcast podcast is a word. Good job, Connor. Thank you. Um, if you're still listening to this podcast and you're still following along, chances are you're a lion. You might even be a rhino. I like rhinos more. Um, if you read that book, you'll understand why, because uh, why I like rhinos more. But um, if you're still listening to this, then chances are you are true you know, rhino or lion. It's interesting because the, the, the cows are sheep as far as the herding animals. They, as far as society, that's what a lot of people are going to be. And a lot of people that start reading or learning or listening to this podcast without applying to it or, or applying it or with listening to it and then fading after three or four episodes. Yeah, I'm looking at you people. I know who you are. I see the list of listeners every day. I'm seeing you. Um, 
those people that don't have the focus and ambition to start applying stuff, it's going to hurt them. But pretty much as far as a conclusion, um, I don't want you to walk away from these podcasts and seeing the flaws of society and people and start looking down on them in order to grow. That's not the way to do it. More separation from each other is the last thing we need. I feel my personal viewpoint is society is at the most fractured, most segregated, most um, prejudiced point right now. Everybody hates everybody. Everybody complains about everybody. Um, You know, you have all these different new, like, fascists and um, Nazi-like behaviors, um, activists that have now become even more violent than uh, the people that they're trying to protest. So I don't think separation is needed. You don't need to look down on your friends and family for them not growing. You can, to a certain degree, to understand and put into perspective that you need to be careful around those people, but I don't think you should view everybody else as below you. It's not healthy. It's not going to help you grow. It's not. And I also believe that all our problems here on Earth as humans are caused by our own insecurities because we're human beings. If you start allowing just 1% more of your true self to shine through, you're going to have done a great service not only to yourself, but also to this planet and the rest of humanity. And I talked about this a couple nights ago about how in order to change the world, or people want to focus on changing the world, but don't want to focus on changing themselves. But the reality is if you do that, if you change yourself, as little as showing 1% more of your true self, getting rid of that social mask and showing people who you are, not only is it going to help you, it's going to help this planet, it's going to help the rest of humanity. And that is how you change the world. And it's all because the fact that you took the time to learn how to use your mind better. That is it, guys, as far as this this breakdown of the mindset and mentality. It has been very, very fun, very, very exciting to do this, and I'm glad this was one of my first first podcast segments. I'm actually kind of sad that it's over, but all good things must come to an end. Don't want to beat a horse to death, you know, or beat a dead horse. You know, it's not going to work. It's just not going to. Um, I don't want to do that. Um, a lot of good information was brought out here, and if you apply it, you will see results. But that is about it for that. Um, the next segment that I'm going to be doing is for people, because this is going to be a um, psychology, mindset, and business podcast. Those are my three focuses, focused areas, if you will. Um, so we talked about mindset. Mindset does lead into psychology to a certain degree. Um, I'm going to be doing focusing on client accusation next so the next few segments are going to be about how to get clients how to pretty much book yourself you know with as many clients as possible um methods to do it 
how to have the right viewpoint, how to set the right guidelines, standards for new clients, and I'm going to be going into that in the next series. So stay tuned, guys. I'm very excited about that one as well. It's a little bit of a heavy heart that the mindset part is ending for now, but we're going to be going into the awesome part of how to get clients and things like that. And I think that's all going to help you guys a lot, especially you guys that are new to you know creating your own business um, and teach you how to market, teach you how to get customers, get your first customer. Remember, first customer, first customer for your business, boy, does it feel good. I remember my first one. I actually still have my first one. They still pay me monthly. Um, actually the only customer I've had for, um, from the point that I hired them, I have like a few that are recent that I still have, but, uh, this one client I've had for six years, seven years now, seven, yeah, I think seven. Um, actually the business has switched owners because the original owner, um, that, Trusted me to do all their work, uh, sadly passed, but um, the new owners actually still use me <laughs> to this day. So, um, but that one, that first customer, that first uh, client, if you will, is the, oh, it is the best thing, the best feeling in the world. I get super excited when I close a customer. Uh, my close friends have watched me close, um, have seen my crazy uh, dances and excitement, but um, that first customer, that first client you get, especially if you're in a consulting business or you're, you know, trying to land people, um, instead of just selling a, like a low end or lo- not low end, a low priced product, um, you know, big money, your first big client, who does it feel good? Um, so I'm going to teach you how to get that first one. I'm going to teach you how to do it. And then that's going to lead to others. But that is about it tonight. 50 minutes and counting. Um, my name is Connor Gilston. I am the president of CG Consulting and I'll see you tomorrow night.